What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Take 27 of Take It On, the mental health podcast for young men. I'm Jonah Jacobs, joined by my co-host, Reed Milkins, and we're super excited to be back taking it on with you all. Uh, This is our first episode of our regular Guy Talk series. It's going to be about a really important topic for a lot of you listeners called getting out of your own way. Before we dive in, it's been a while since Reed and I just kind of, you know, messed around, talked about what's going on in our lives. And Reed's had a really busy, successful second semester of college. And now that he's home, I got to I gotta see how he's doing. Reed, what's up? Jones, you know, today's been a hectic day so far. A lot of things are kind of unfolding that were unexpected. Uh, but, you know, we got to just keep rolling with the punches. Uh, yeah, getting back to, to school second semester was awesome. I had a great time. Everything went as, as well as it could have. I'm very excited that I secured a TA position in the accounting Congrats, man. next semester. Uh, I think it'll be really fun to um, teach a class and, and kind of see things from that side of the room. And yeah, aside from that, just looking forward to the rest of the summer. Me working, playing a lot of golf, getting pretty involved with Take It On and doing some networking, uh, which I'm, I'm very excited about. It's going to be a good time, relaxing, getting a lot done. How about yourself? That sounds like an awesome summer, dude. Wow. Uh, I, I, good luck on that. And I, I'm glad we'll be, maybe you'll even see me on the green. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I'm going to take some tennis classes first, but life has been good. Uh, work is going great. I feel really comfortable at, at my company and my job. And it's right around the, like the nine month mark. So I've been in my role for almost three quarters of the year. And I think I've kind of hit my sweet spot where I'm just far enough into work and far enough removed from college that, uh, I'm, I'm used to what it's like to be, be a young adult. And now that, uh, Chicago has skipped spring entirely and we've just slid right into summer. It's been, it's been awesome. A lot of my friends have been talking about how just like rejuvenating it feels like the days, I mean, are obviously longer because the sun's out, but the, the warmth, like you're just, you have so much more energy after work. You're so much more likely to meet up with friends, coworkers, uh, after, after the day's over and, and yeah, um, big life updates on my end, I would say, uh, you know, just absolutely crush that Brooklyn half marathon will be the last race I run for some time. That. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I, I love New York, an amazing place. I can't wait to go back. It really, it shattered every expectation I had, but I also shattered my, my time goal. I got an hour and 43 and 15 seconds. Uh, it was 10 over 10 minutes faster than my, my first race back in the fall. And I remember being so stressed about, about that. Um, and this race was grueling. It was, it was really not that enjoyable to be honest. Uh, finishing it was phenomenal. Like meeting my or exceeding my goal, was a really gratifying feeling. And I haven't felt that in a while, maybe since like debate and, and some work wins, but just like a different, a different kind of feeling with how much like individual work and how much of like the whole goal setting was all on me. Um, but it was really hard. Like I, I messed up my pacing in the start. I went way too fast for the first seven miles and it, it kind of, it, it bit me in the ass. Uh, when I, when I came around, uh, New York has like some Hills. I, I didn't know Hills were a thing. Um, and so there was some elevation I was not prepared for and it was just, it was really tough. So I'm, I'm kind of raced out. Um, I, I say that and I'm running a race with my friend Val, uh, in June, this thing called the tough mutter. Did I tell you about that? No, uh, it seems really fun. Is. That's hilarious. Yeah. We're going to get real muddy. And, uh, I've, I'm, I'm always on Jack's case to, 
to, to get a little bit more fitnessy. And now that he's doing it, I couldn't, I couldn't pass the opportunity to, to work out with him, especially before he moves. Yeah. Um, wire and electric fences. Sound like yeah. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, quick, quick little sidebar <clears throat> you mentioned with the weather, I, we should find a guest to talk about seasonal depression. I Dude, that really would be awesome. I, I think that's a great idea because I, it's, it's a sea change. Uh, my roommate, Alex and I were talking about this waking up and it's light out versus it being dark out is crazy just yeah. the huberman andrew huberman talks a lot about like <laughs> the best thing you can do for yourself in the morning when you wake up turn on as many bright lights as possible and just like wake up your cns yeah so, yeah maybe we could get doc huberman that'd be really cool uh, uh, a role model mine that'd be awesome but uh yeah no i think that'd be that'd be a really fun episode to learn a lot i mean i definitely like faced my bouts with seasonal depression when it was like dark and cold when i would walk to the gym in the morning and the rest of the day it's like i'm just gonna be cooped up inside like doing work and there's no reason to go outside um it's definitely a really interesting topic i think we should dive more into but yeah good call read and getting out of your own head yeah well last thing i want to say on that is i think that's a great idea because it's so identifiable i think by our by our age group like i remember in college or when i was younger it was like to the extent that like you know, folks are kind of reluctant to talk about like mental health stuff. It seems like seasonal affective disorder, depression affects people generally, like even if you don't have like a predisposition towards depression. So I think it'll be something for a lot more listeners to maybe relate to, but also uh, just it, it affects such a demographic. It's so much easier to talk about. There's got to be some good, some good experts on. Um, so yes, good, good call read. I appreciate it. Um, so now our main, our main topic of conversation, the theme is getting out of your own way. Reed and I both just finished or Reed's we're, we're almost done with amidst. this. I'll uh, be back at the end of the week. Awesome. Um, this book called ego is the enemy by Ryan holiday. And, uh, when I told some friends I was reading this, they kind of laughed because I'm reading a book about ego being the enemy and it, it's been an awesome read. I've learned a lot and, Reed proposed this, this theme from the book, which I think is one of its most profound insights, which is that so often we are our own worst enemies and we're the, the obstacle to our success, whether it's in our like personal relationships, our relationship with ourselves, our, our work goals, our financial goals, you name it. Um, and so there are a couple big ideas we want to discuss about this and also provide some practical tools and pieces of advice that we think would be really helpful for people to people to implement when they they kind of notice that they're they're being their worst their own worst enemy or they're kind of the obstacles to their to their own success. So the first one we want to touch on is about action preceding mood rather than mood preceding action. So read before we dive deep into yeah. that, I do want to bring up this quote from Alan Watts that was uh, at the start of the get out of your own head chapter, it says a person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. And it may sound slightly profound, um, but I do think when you think about, you know, getting out of your own head and getting out of your own way, it's so often that a lot of the obstacles that you think you're facing are really just in your head. And all it takes is you kind of kicking those out of there and taking some action in order to get past them. Yeah. Well, well said Reed and Mr. Alan Watts. Yes. I, <laughs> I think that I was going to turn it to you that 
I think that that quote ties into this first point about action preceding mood rather than mood preceding action really well, because so often I find, especially with myself, um, and I get this way, I think around like New Year's or like summer, we find either points in time where we'll feel better or maybe more motivated to, to take action. And we say, when this, that is when I will do. When I am feeling less bloated, more like secure or ready to like go to the gym, that is when I will do it and get into a lifting routine. And it can be even smaller than that. When I finish these two episodes of Netflix and ah, uh, like, you know, I'll just finish the night and I'll wake up early tomorrow. That's when I will study for this final. Uh, there are a lot of different ways where we justify a, a change in time or a change in our attitude being associated with that, that time is when we should start doing something. Andrew Huberman, who you referenced earlier, made this point and Ryan Holiday in the book emphasizes a lot is that this equation is backwards that in order for us to feel the way we want to feel is through doing the action first. It's not when we feel better about ourselves, that's when we work out. When you work out, you will begin to feel better about yourself. You will notice the benefits associated with writing that paper or um, finding a new job, applying to an internship talking to that girl that you want to enter a relationship with. You will feel the things associated with it after you start acting. And to read in Mr. Watt's point, it's once you get out of your head and you start acting that you can begin to realize this. Absolutely. I, I agree 100% with you. And a lot of what Ryan Holiday talks about um, in this book also on that same note is when you go to do these things, you can't pretend that you're doing them. You can't just do it so that you can say you did it, but not actually put the work in. The gratification and the mood change comes from the actual work that you do put in. So, you know, you can go to the gym and a lot of people, it is, it is just a win to go to the gym and that's a start. But if, unless you leave putting in the work that's gonna make you feel fulfilled, it's not going to do for you what it could be doing for you, if you know what I mean by that. And, and the same goes for, you know, if you say that you're going to get like a deep work session in, you know, if you kind of just like you do work, you do a little bit of work for an hour and a half, but you know that you really didn't do what you were supposed to be doing and you had a lot more to get done, but you did the work for an hour and a half. It's not going to be that same level of, of gratification. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, especially the latter about work. I think that the way I noticed that in, when I was in high school and college was I would often have these like working sessions where I would like plan the work that I was supposed to be doing during the working session. I would think through the essay that I was going to write and I would spend a ton of time or devote a lot of time rather like outlining a paper or creating a study guide. And that was work that made me like feel good that I was like making an attempt to do work, but right. like deep down. And then later as I was, you know, anxious and frantically trying to write the paper up against a deadline or studying uh, said study guide, like at midnight before the, the 8am exam, that sort of thing. 
um, I, I knew deep down that I wasn't really putting in the work. And I think that this is a really important lesson that, that Ryan Holiday gets at, that is, is a way to get out of our own way is, as Reed was saying, is you, you have to sit down and do the work. And so often we tell ourselves we will do it or that we are doing it without genuinely putting pen to paper and working. And it's, it's really debilitating. I think it's a huge source of, of anxiety and insecurity for us is when we set expectations and goals, but because we aren't putting in the work, we don't achieve them. And Reed, I'm curious what you will think of this, but I think it stems from a both on one hand, it's a, it's a sense of laziness. Um, it's not really connecting your, your drive and passion to the, the goal or the activity you have, you have outlined for yourself, whether it's like the, the dream job or learning a new skill. And then the second, I think it comes from a fear of failure, um, an insecurity not to, to reach the desired goal. I remember, and I can think about this and I'll turn it over to you in a second, um, is like it, in terms of like writing a paper or applying to a job, I would procrastinate it because I was, I was just worried about not doing well on it. Not that I wouldn't get it done. It's that I would produce uh, a non-A essay or I would get rejected from the job. And that, that lingering sense of fear is what, and again, the action proceeds mood sort of thing, that, that mood was what was preventing me from doing the action. Right. And, you know, right before you brought that up, that, that was exactly where I was going to go. You know, neither of us obviously are practicing medical professionals in any way, but there's got to be something in the psyche holding you back from really putting that work in when, when we're doing these things that we're talking about, because there's that fear of insufficiency or that you're not going to do well enough in some way. Um, and to be able to get past that, is just kind of to, to understand some of these things that we're talking about where, you know, it's, it's not easy to get out of your own head and get out of your own way. But once you do enough like self-exploration, maybe that's the wrong way to say it, but we'll, we'll roll with that for now. Once you do the self-exploration to kind of see what makes you tick and to kind of understand that, you know, these are the things that you have to do to get where you want to go then those mental blocks are just kind of going to be thrown aside and you're going to be able to, you know, hit the road running. Yeah. Well, well said. I think that gets to the, the second key pillar we wanted to, to touch on um, in terms of getting our own way, which is, I think that that path of self, like self-discovery or self-exploration you're talking about is, is like a double-edged, not a double-edged sword. It has, it has two components is one, you have to identify the, the things, whether it's, um, like a habit or a behavior, like a, something you like, um, something you need to learn, like your prerequisites to get you to the destination, you need to identify what those are. And then on the other side, you need to identify the, the barriers that the roadblocks, you know, will potentially disrupt your progress and, or keep you in your head or, keep you from laziness. And I think this second part is, is way harder because on the one hand, if it's getting, if I want to say a lot of listeners are probably gearing up for summer internships or they're looking ahead at the, the fall recruitment cycle, 
um, it can be kind of easy to identify the, the practical steps you need to, to execute on that goal. You will need to get references. You'll need to have a strong resume in order. You'll need to write a compelling cover letter. You'll need to practice interviews in your, you know, whatever field you're applying to. Um, you'll need to spend time practicing those, those interviews and refining your, your essays, et cetera. Those are like the clear objective things you need to do. But on the other hand, the, the potential roadblocks can be so widespread. They can touch on the kind of mental components that Reed was talking about, that fear of failure, that insecurity. And that is, that's a beast to tackle. Um, it can be physical things. If you are constant, like if you're partying like four nights a week, like you were as a sophomore and you find it really challenging to find enough time to devote to refining your, your interview practice on top of your, your school schedule and your social schedule, that is a physical thing you'll need to tailor back. And before I turn it back to read, the way I want to synthesize this is when you're in your head thinking about all these things, it can be really hard to like prioritize and rank and like really understand like what is actually setting you back and preventing you from getting your goal. You know, I think that a great way to, you know, figure out what is holding you back is to have conversations. You know, you're always obviously my go-to guy to kind of talk through what might be holding me back. And usually by the end of the phone call, we get down to it. A very important thing, as we've talked about in the past, is, you know, having those types of people in your life that you can reach out to and that you can go to with these types of things. Maybe this is different than the, oh, I'm feeling anxious or depressed, but these are very important, you know, life happenings that cause anxiety and are, you know, huge. They're, they're defining for your future. So in order to be able to get out of your own head, it's important to surround yourself with with people who can help you do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're touching on how, how much this can even like affect your overall well-being. where it could be like getting out of your own way of happiness. I think, I mean, there are, there are several books written, written on this uh, sort of topic and it, it goes to, and if that was say, that's, that's the goal for, for all of you, which I'm, it's my goal is, you know, getting out, like, you know, achieving my happiness. I was actually, I was at a work uh, event last night at a Cubs game. And I talked about this with a, with a coworker. Um, and you can identify the things that you need, that, that make you happy, that are important pillars that are, you need to have in order to reach your happiness. And then you can identify the, the kind of mindsets or behaviors that, that make you feel shitty. One recently I discovered is I, I really need to, to get my sleep in order. Ever since I got my whoop, it was very eye-opening for how much sleep and rest my body really needed in order to feel regulated. And at first I thought this was only about the gym. It was like, oh, I need to have like my heart rate and my like respiratory, whatever, like in store. So I could like take on new strain, but it really affects like my overall productivity and well-being. Like it, def like those like first two minutes where my eyes open in the morning. And I like, I either feel like refreshed and well-rested or like a shitty zombie. It, it, it changes my whole day. And so that would be on my, like getting out of my own way is, you know, changing the things that would disrupt a, a shitty night's sleep and fixating on those. 
and recognizing that only once I take action to like hone my sleep in, then my mood surrounding how I feel after I get a good night's sleep will change. Nice job tying that back to, to what precedes what. Um, yeah, no, I think that's super important. And, you know, when you're waking up and your mood is defined by your sleep, it's easy to think that, you know, I'm in this mood and so I'm not going to do this, but it really is the, the action of your sleep is what ends up defining the mood that you wake up in. Um, and I think this is kind of a, a good time to bring on the, the guest submitted question that we chose to roll with for this week. Jones, you have that handy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so our first life advice question is from Jeff out of New Jersey. Jersey Jeff. Uh, Jeff says, hey guys, huge fan of the show. Thanks, Jeff. Um, general question on feeling better after coming home from college. Um, I just got back two weeks ago and I am getting really bored and restless and, and kind of depressed. Uh, I don't have an internship or a job like some of my other friends. I am a little bit worried about how I'm going to spend my time. I've really just been watching basketball and uh, drinking, smoking pot. Um, and I'm a little anxious about where I'll be at the end of the summer coming back from junior year. Uh, if you were in my shoes, what would, what would you guys do? All right. So being that I am just finished with my sophomore year and I did just get home from college, I feel like I'm in a pretty ripe position to, to give some input on this. So the first few days that I got home from school, I too was extremely bored and was thinking to myself, oh my God, what am I going to do this summer? Like, I need to find things to spend my time. I don't start work for a couple of weeks. And I thought that I was going to be bored out of my mind. So I started just thinking of things that I could do. And the things that make me happy are spending time with close friends, going to the gym and playing golf. So each day I decided to do each of those things. It's pretty simple when you think about it. When you know the things that make you happy, and on top of that can add something productive, like picking up a new book, which mine at the moment is Ego is the Enemy. And what I'm going to go to after this, Sapiens. I know I picked it up last summer. And at the time, I didn't feel like it was right for me. But my interest in history recently has peaked. So I'm going to go back to that. Back to answering Jeff's question. I think it's important to find the things that you really enjoy and things that you know that you could do on a daily basis to not only take your time up, but to be productive, something that you want to get better at, pick up a hobby, you know, whether it's an old one or a new one, something that you just want to get better at, find the people that you want to be around and spend some time with them. There's nothing better than spending quality time with people you truly care about. And on top of that, yes, you said you're not doing uh, an internship for the summer, you're just working for the park district make the most of it. That's what you're going to be doing. You may as well make the most of it. And, you know, like Jonah was talking about earlier with the, the fall cycle coming up, get your stuff in order. Don't be behind and, and working on that stuff when applications are due. Have that stuff already. Work on it throughout the summer, perfect it, and you'll be ready to go so that you won't be behind the curve when the time comes around. Well said. I just giving myself advice. That was all. <laughs> I wish... I wish I submitted this question a few summers ago. Um, I, I don't have much to add. I guess I'll only, 
I'll add is like some stuff that might make Reed's advice a little bit more tangible and, and relates to some of the other stuff I talked about. Um, not for everyone, but a way I like to get out of my head and like kind of kind of think about what if I like if I'm feeling restless and I have like a general sense of things I like and what I want to do, but just like don't know how to kind of like execute on it and uh plan it out. I like to write it down. I like to get my my thoughts out of my head and put it on paper. One is that in and of itself is, is an action that you can take to kind of like think about your thoughts. Like what you actually write down from your head is usually what's like most important, what's true. It's the thoughts that are like giving you the most like pause and what comes out is usually it's usually where you want your kind of the rest of your body to act because your, your mind can just kind of keep going down loops and loops and loops, but it's really hard to do that when you are forced to like write it and like put it into existence. So once you're able to, to do that, and then once you have it put down, you can then think of the, the immediate steps to take in order to make what you've written down a reality. So Jeff, if you clarify what those what those thoughts are, try to spend or figure out the first 10 minutes what you would need to, to do. So if you're picking up a new hobby, think about how within the next 10 minutes you can change or approach that that new hobby to, to make it a habit or to to get better at it. All it really does take is, is kind of dipping your feet in the water. You can talk all you want about starting a habit, uh, a habit, but it doesn't actually happen until you do it for the first time. And, you know, obviously, if it's something that you're not super passionate about, it's not something that is super exciting, maybe you're not going to stick with it. But if it is something that you truly do want to get better at or truly do want to make part of your routine, the first time you do it, it might not be the easiest thing, but you'll feel that inside you and you'll have that feeling that, you know, this is something that is worth your time and that you should continue to do. And it's going to drive you back to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, well said, Reed. And then the last thing I'd add is that if you can do it in the first part of your day, there's something about the first thing you do in the day and not only its ability to kind of set the rest of your day on a, on a good tone, but I, whatever, I, I like to like put one of like the hardest like work activities I have, like get that. If I can get that done before 10 AM, I, I am so much more effective at getting it done. It's like a, I just, I need to, to get it over with and finish it. And I put all that like immediate waking energy towards, uh, towards completing it. And I, it, it, totally transforms my mood and it's almost always better than what it would have been if I, for whatever reason, like you we were talking about earlier, kind of procrastinate it, let it drag on. It's always a little bit watered down and less effective than it should be. Well said. All right, Jeff, thank you for being the first recipient of our take it on advice segment. I, I appreciate it. Very, very bold of you. And I'm sure a lot, a lot of other, a lot of other people, young guys, your age, definitely definitely feel the same yeah you're definitely not alone i'm in the same boat um and hopefully uh some others are going to send some questions in too and we can give our little two cents on that
Awesome. All right, Reed, amazing episode. Really glad that Ryan Holiday is rubbing off on, on the both of us. No doubt. Uh, this has been Take 27, Guy Talk, Getting Out of Your Own Way. And next week, we will have Take 28 with psychotherapist Rachel Wright, who specializes in the intersection of emotional relationships, sexual relationships, and mental health. Uh, if any of you all have some sex-related questions, please submit. Very challenging area to talk about for us young dudes. So really excited to get after it. Without a doubt, it's been Take 27. Reed and Jonah, we are out of here. Doses. Doses.